0: Welcome to the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast, featuring Christian entrepreneurs to inspire and empower Christian business owners to walk strongly in their faith while building a thriving business that honors him in every way. Now over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross.
1: And welcome to another episode of the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast, brought to you by the Influence Alliance, which is the business building community for coaches and consultants who want to build a profitable and scalable business, while also make a much bigger impact in the world with their message. And I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Now, my guest today says we need to be more faith active in the workplace. And joining me on today's show is Mike Henry Sr. Now, Mike, he is the CEO and the founder of Follower of One, which is a growing community of individuals who want their life or their work life to matter for eternity. Now, they believe because of what Jesus has done for us, we have the ability to make an internal or eternal difference every single day and want to live more of their life working for, cooperating with as Jesus as he works in our world. Now, on today's show, Mike is going to share how important it is to understand and the integration between personal faith and career. He's also going to talk about that you don't need to go on a mission trip to have eternal impact in your community. And similarly, you don't need to work in ministry to have eternal impact in your community. Welcome to the show, Mike.
0: Thanks very much for having me.
1: What uh, a wonderful topic you're talking about. And this is exactly the reason why I started uh, the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast, because we've got people in the workplace, we've got people in business who also love the Lord. And sometimes it almost seems like we're putting on, well, i got my business hat on today, or now I've got my executive hat on today, and we don't necessarily uh, share a lot about our faith. And there are opportunities where people we don't realize could you know, need to hear the, the the good news of of Jesus. So I'm glad you're here on uh, the show today. Let's dive in. The importance to understand integration between our personal faith and career. What insights can you share here, Mike?
0: Well, is, is, this all kind of came out of my own story. When I became a Christian, I was already in the workplace. And I didn't want to have to take the faith that I had just embraced and put it, leave it in the car when I went to work. I, I felt like, though, my church thought my job as a Christian was to just stay out of trouble until I could get back there every day. Mm-hmm. And so I started struggling with how I could integrate my faith. How What differences does my faith make while I'm at work? Did I get saved just so that I would stay out of trouble until I could get someplace else? Or was I saved for something else? Yes. And uh, I kept asking God to put me into ministry. I even use air quotes often with that phrase. And um, I decided that we're all in ministry. I felt like God, ha- you know, I felt like God was telling me, okay, you're a minister. Now get back to work. It's so true,
1: isn't it? I mean, we have the opportunity to just in our behavior and our character in the way we respond to certain circumstances to be able to show uh, how Jesus would have approached uh, something because, as we know, Jesus lives in us uh, and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yet when we don't recognize the impact that we can have and the difference that we could make uh Often, as we say, we we yes. think that we're only really making an impact if we do go on, on a mission or if we do go out and, and evangelize, but that's not necessarily the case. In fact, I've heard many a story, and I'm sure you've got some stories yourself, Mike, which you're going to share, where we have um, really shown the character of Christ through how we show up.
0: Yes? Exactly. Yes, exactly. And I believe that that's the biggest ministry that we have. And we all think we're supposed to be someplace else. You talked about how we take our our faith and we put it someplace while we're going to work or vice versa. But when we remain engaged, we remember that Jesus is already working there and we start to see him working and we get to take part in what he's doing.
1: Yeah. Remember, Mike, um, I remember interviewing someone, I can't quite recall the name. I'm I'm sorry, I can't refer to the person. But he was saying in his business that um, they love the Lord. And not once have they openly talked about Jesus within the workplace but everything you know from christian values mm-hmm. to how they operate and he said and they have brought over 5000 people that worked through their organization to christ yeah. and he said we have not had a church service or anything like that and it's all through character where people what's different about you you know exactly. and then and and the things that happen and that's the thing that i think is so amazing is that miracles happen you know, and situations occur that could only be um, through the hand of, of the Lord working. And that's often what causes people to go, you, you guys are doing something different and it really is showing. So let's talk about, so you came to the realisation, Mike, that in the workplace, you had an opportunity. Was it something that uh, developed for you over time or did you suddenly kind of go, you know what, I'm going to start changing my attitude and that's going to impact how I show up? What, what, what was it for you?
0: So it did develop over time and it took me much longer than it should have. I, I often apologize to people who worked with me because some of them didn't weren't treated all that well. I mean, I had to deal with that. I have to you know, apologize often. But over time god gave me different ideas for example right after i became a christian i found out through just a fluke accident that our overnight delivery driver was praying for one of my coworkers and i don't think i was praying for them at the time but just seeing our overnight delivery off driver coming in every twice a day knowing that he was praying for me or we were share prayer requests and things like that and one day, not long after all this started, it could have been months, I don't remember really, but I remember asking God to give me resources, to give me other Christians to work with. And the idea I got was, well, you know, I can make the, the overnight delivery driver show up anytime I want. What do you? I don't know what you're complaining about. I can get you the people that you need and the things that you need. You just be my minister there. And, but it was a great warning to me. The first thing I can do is just pray for people. Yes. He puts yeah. me into a place. And over time, he gave me five things that I believe that we can all do any day in any job that put us on ministry with him. Yeah. And those well, five yeah. things are on I'm going to ask
1: light. you about those five things, yeah. but I just wanted to share uh, something that sure. uh, my husband and I, talking about prayer and the power of prayer yeah. uh, we love going camping, but um, at the moment we're just waiting for the holiday season, then we might go and do some trips. So I said, you know, YouTube is a fantastic resource and let's go and watch some videos. So we stumbled across this video and it was a lovely man. who came out and, was, you know, pitched up his tent and putting it up and then he made his dinner. And then all of a sudden there was silence. What's going on? Is this still dear Lord, please bless this food, be with my family. And he started to pray and it was just so wonderful. And he does that on each and every video. And it's so Mm -hmm. hilarious because sometimes he will pray openly and then other times he'll just pray silently. And one time he forgot my husband goes, he hasn't said grace, you know, but (laughs) it's wonderful because in subsequent videos, he said, oh, thank you for the prayer requests that you put down on my YouTube channel. These things make a difference, don't they? They Prayer is a great place to start. And we all Know as Christians how important um, prayer is, so I, I just had to share that story. So, Mike, you said you found five things. Let's talk about what's the first of the five.
0: So, the first is pray, and and we talk about three prayers, and the very first one of those is the prayer that I, Isaiah prayed, and actually six people in Scripture prayed. Here I am, mm. you know, responding to God. Here I am. What would you have me do today? And I call that our time card. It's like punching in. Okay, God, here I am. What do you want me to do today?
1: You know, when you start to pray like that, uh, be mindful prayer. He does answer prayers and sometimes not necessarily in the way that we had assumed. And I think that's where we really want to be uh, mindful of the things that start happening. The people who randomly show up. Did you find once you started to ask that, Lord, what what was, what was some of the things that showed up for you?
0: <laughs> so, so really interesting. When I really dedicated myself to doing this, it was after 9-11. I was wondering if I've, I was going to, 9-11 reminded me that I needed to integrate my faith again. I had spent a few years focusing more on my career than the integration. And when I started going back to work, my prayer was, okay, God, are you going to put me into another ministry this time, or are you going to leave me in the workplace again this time? Which way will it be? And as I was driving to work, I got the idea, oh, well, you know, I'm not going to get another job today but I can pray for my coworkers. And I started mentally praying around the office mm-hmm. a couple of weeks after that. A bunch of my coworkers came into my office and asked me if I would join the gym with them. I was asking God how I could get more relationships with coworkers. And they came in and they asked me what I joined the gym. And at that time I hadn't been anywhere near gym since high school. Mm-hmm. And, um, I told him I needed to check with my wife. And after they left, I just, I prayed and I thanked God and I laughed because if they'd asked me to go to the bar for happy hour, I would have gone. But here's God's sense of humor is, no, Mike, you need to go to the gym and they need you to go to the gym with them. And they needed me so they could get the corporate discount.
1: Okay, thank you.
0: <laughs> you know, but but if we if we just blow that over, we just don't think about that at all, then we miss this. This act of God that's taking place in the workplace. Yeah, we're not paying, because we're not paying attention.
1: Oh, uh, you know, there are no such things as coincidences. And I used to use a term when I worked in the career industry that called planned happenstance. Mm-hmm. But as we know, there are no planned happenstances. One day the Lord, when we are all in in, in glory with the Lord, there'll be all these dots and all these things. They said all yes. of these things were put together in my perfect plan. And I think we need to realize that. Just there are just no coincidences, and it it really is through d- divine plan. So you went to the I'm assuming you went to the gym, and that gave you an opportunity to bolster that relationship with with your colleagues and your
0: co-workers. Right. You got to know my co-workers better, and I lost a lot of weight. So
1: there you go. So that was a double bonus, isn't it? Yeah. Double double. When the Lord blesses you, He blesses you in many different ways. That's right. I love that. So that's uh, point number one of five, pray. What was the second point?
0: The second one's appreciate people. And and I put it there because it's second, but I, it's, I actually thought of it last. And it comes from 1 Corinthians 13. Appreciate people is is loving them. But in the business world, love sounds a little strange. We need to put people first because we do all the things that it says in 1 Corinthians 13. If I move mountains and if I can speak prophecy and do all these other things, but if I don't have love, it doesn't matter at all. Yeah. And so finding ways to appreciate others, actively help them feel appreciated, not just me feel the appreciation but help them feel it Mm. that's that i believe is a ministry that we can all do in any job every day
1: Yeah. When you think about the word appreciation and how that can impact someone, as you've mentioned, it can go such a long way because, you know, you may know of the various things and you may say certain things, but unless your actions show that level of appreciation and gratitude, um, Sometimes there can be a misalignment there, isn't it? And exactly. your words and your actions—if there's a disconnection there—it it, it really can end up doing more harm, if you will, than um, than if you didn't do either. If, if that makes sense, what was what was some of the evidence or the things that started to happen in your workplace when you started to purposefully and intentionally show more appreciation to those around you?
0: Well, it makes appreciation kind of lubricate relationships. We all, when I studied it, I realized that most of the people I liked liked me. Mm. And so if I like people first then it's easier for them to like me back. But it's also easier for us to have interaction. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not trying to make, uh, make this mechanical or manipulate anything. My job is to get Jesus's eyes for everyone that I see, every person that I work with. He smiles when he thinks of each one of us, even though we may be apart from him. And so my job is to figure out, how I could represent the smile of Jesus to those people. And I've I've seen it break relationships. We have one story that's kind of interesting in the mission trip world. One of the people that was on the mission trip, on the second we do this marketplace mission trip, which I also need to talk about. I'm sorry, I'm skipping around. But uh, during this two-week period while we we're practicing these things in the workplace, she was confronted by a coworker in a meeting about a project. But instead of retaliating, she just chose to listen and, to, and to let God speak to her or tell her what to do. And she said, Thank you very much and appreciated all that. And it was later that day, she was in the corporate gym in the yoga class, and it was just her and the yoga instructor, and in walked the other coworker. And she said, had I reacted the way I normally reacted, we wouldn't have talked at all. She wouldn't have even come in there. But because I was open, we had great dialogue and we got to know one another much better. Yeah. And so openness to Jesus and appreciating others that created the way for that.
1: Yeah. You know, there's a couple of things that you said in there that's so important is that, you know, it's easy to like people who are like you yet we need to appreciate others who may not necessarily have the same exactly. style or communication ability, yet if we take the time to understand and appreciate that they may think differently, they may respond differently, some people may need to break the ice. You know, we've got a lot mm-hmm. of type A's and D's who are just straight and don't necessarily like that small talk. I, I don't necessarily like it. But we have to remind ourselves there are some of our coworkers or even some of our clients that appreciate that and taking the time. You know, Jesus knew everybody's thoughts and he, even before they said them. But did he say, you know, I know where you're going with this and that's just mm. rubbish. Can you imagine he didn't? He listened, didn't he? And he came up with these wonderful parables. We've got a great role model, don't we, in Jesus, and it can go such a long way in modelling for others. Take the time, show appreciation that in the yes. way and in the style that they feel appreciated. I'm sure we've all heard of uh, the book, the, the you know, The the Five lines. Love Languages Mm -hmm. by Paul Chapman, I believe, if I remember correctly. If we understand what people, you know, what they appreciate and appreciation being shown to them and how they like being communicated to and with, it can go a huge, huge way there, Mike. So that's number two. What's number
0: three? So number three is know what you believe. Um, I did a survey in 2015. I surveyed about 500 marketplace Christians And I got this impression that many of us can't really articulate our faith in a non-offensive way. And so knowing what you believe was being able to explain in one or two sentences the answer to the question, why are you doing this? If Jesus is part of our motivation for why we're doing it, then we need to be able to answer in one or two sentences that Jesus was the motivation behind this. It's not an affront to anyone else. It's just talking about myself. And my motives. And so we encourage people in in daily activity three to practice that answer, to actually be ready to make that answer.
1: Yeah, and, and being able to share a little bit more about Jesus with and take the theology cap off, mm-hmm. isn't it? You know, exactly. we don't have to talk about the justification and sanctification and all of the because that doesn't mean um, that people just don't, you know, relate to that. You can tell yeah. them about that a little bit down, down the track, isn't it? But that's right. And, and it's like in business, isn't it? You may be sharing information about your particular product or service, but unless you're using law, language that people can understand. Um, they're not able to resonate and they're not able to to learn. And I think, you know, Jesus just beautifully demonstrated that in the way he, he for the day, mm-hmm. used various examples that were meaningful um, in how he exactly. shared in information. And so that's such a great reminder for us. Have your story and be able to share it in a way concisely that doesn't overwhelm or confuse. When you started, when you when you came up, and sometimes people can struggle with, how do I come up with that? So that can be something that you, you get support with. But when you started to share that, Mike, what were some of the differences? What was some of the impact that you could see?
0: Well, I noticed that people became more open to the dialogue. It was... Many people are not as defensive. I don't have a a direct story about this, except that I know that when I can use first person terms and I'm talking about the fact that I changed my life because of what I learned about Jesus. Mm -hmm. And the result of that is what I just did for you. Maybe it was I bought donuts or I bought your lunch or I stayed late to help someone after work. Yeah. Then it just kind of connects the dots for them. It starts to begin. It begins to make sense, mm-hmm. and so um, that's part of the reason why we just encourage people to practice it, mm-hmm. even with another believer coworker. Just do it and imagine the other person saying, "But why?" Two or three or four times, because often our first answer is kind of churchy. "Why are you doing this?" "Oh, because you know I just Jesus loves me." I actually ask people, why do you follow Jesus? If we can answer that and do it in a workplace context, I follow Jesus because what he was saying made sense to me at a time in my life. And when I changed my life to follow what he said, my life became different. Yeah. I can make a statement like that in any workplace in the world. It's a statement of fact about me. It's I'm not telling someone else how to live.
1: Yeah. I'm sure we could go back to our own life, our own life journey and identify, you know, all of the different circumstances that we, and I love that, um, the quote that says, you know, that's the footprints where mm-hmm. we see one set of footprints often and said, you know, Lord, why we're, where were you when I needed you? And he said, that's when I carried you. Yes. I'm sure we all have many circumstances and challenges that we can show that we were carried I mean mm-hmm. I think of um, a time my where on the another podcast that I host and produce with women in leadership I interviewed someone who just loved the Lord and and most of the show was speaking about that and because this was not a topic that I really shared on that that show mm-hmm. uh, I created a little snippet at the beginning just to share a little bit of why I wanted to, to share this and how my faith was important and how it got me through, you know, the time that I lost my child, my worst business failure ever, and, and just these situations. I tied it back to that and someone reached out to me. She said I just, just wanted to respond and just say that was just so heartfelt. These are the stories that we share. You know, it hadn't have been for my faith in the Lord Jesus I don't know if I could have made it through. Couldn't mm-hmm. have, couldn't have gone through, you know. And these are beautiful stories that so many people can relate to, especially in a time like this, mm-hmm. you know. In fact, I don't know how people can do anything without the Lord, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, when we know who He is and what He does and what He can do in our lives, we just, yeah. It, it, to to live without Him is to kind of.
0: Yeah, only have half of yourself, isn't it? Yes, I agree. And I I think that's part of the reason why it's our job to appreciate people first. It's our job to start the ball rolling in all of these situations because we have the Holy Spirit and we have Jesus. We have this advantage that we've been given, and many of us keep it to ourselves as opposed to finding a way to live it in the world. We don't have as much permission to go into the lost world and speak it initially, but we definitely have permission to live it because almost everybody will let you do these things.
1: Mm, absolutely. And when the power of the Holy Spirit works, you know, atmospheres change. Exactly. You know, let's be the kind of Christians that when we walk into a room, the enemy, as we know, will go running because it's like, wow. I don't want to be anywhere near that because they're praying on the inside and then they've got a you know an army of angels exactly. battling on their behalf. And guess what? We have every single one of us as Christ's mm-hmm. children. And the invitation's open. I was just did a call out on just shared a post the other day, Mike, and I said, "We know if you're not on Team Jesus yet, I mean, there's room. There's still time. That's Come right. and be part of the family because guess what? We are on the winning team and, uh, you know, we are still recruiting, by the That's way. Right. So, um, yeah, so we that was three. The first uh-huh. one was pray. The second one was appreciate. Mm -hmm. The third one was remind me because I've completed. Know what
0: you believe.
1: Yes. And what was the fourth
0: one? The fourth one is serve others. And that's the magic sauce. That's what's so cool about that is that's ministry. So the the Greek word most often translated minister in the Bible is also often translated servant. Mm. And I think sometimes we forget that we are free to serve people and most people will let us. And so Jesus has already created this model that attracts attention to Him when we serve other people because we listen to what He says. Yeah. And so when, we, when we're doing this well, we serve people. We get outside of our job description, if you will, and go beyond what's expected of us. And then people go, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. And that's when you go back to your answer. And so, that's, so step number four is serve. We can yeah. always serve people.
1: You know, what's interesting about that is often when we look at who Christ was, I mean, he's the king of all kings, the Lord of all mm-hmm. lords, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that he is king. That's coming and we can do that right mm-hmm. now and and do. Uh, when you think of who he was, um, and but so the humility about it. I mean, and and when we are understand who we are in Christ and our identity, and we get ego out of the way and pride out of the way, mm-hmm. comparison, all of that stuff, and just be, and the Holy Spirit is able to work through us, then we just want to serve in the way we do. There's there's no nothing tied to that, is there? There's not because it just it just is. And I think when we show up in that sense, that alone. Can make such a difference because everybody else is battling with a lot of this stuff, which really is just pointless, you know, isn't yes. it? Really. Um, and I love that, just served. You know, um, uh, that, that whole servant leader has actually been, e- even the secular system is now talking about that. Because I remember saying, oh, so you love the Lord Jesus too? Um, no. <laughs> and it's yep. kind of like, well, yeah, I guess you can copy it, but when you take Jesus out of it, you miss the whole point kind of That's thing. Right.
0: Yeah, so. it has to. it has to begin someplace, and he's the one who started it.
1: Yeah, that's right. Don't don't try and falsify or do something. For, you're just gonna fool the enemy. tries to to fake a lot of things, isn't it? tries to take yes. something which he knows is pure and good and works and tries to uh, to to manipulate it for himself. Okay, so that was number four. What is point number five, Mike? Point
0: number point number five is speak for yourself. When so when we pray, I believe we get opportunities to serve, mm. and when we serve people, they'll ask us the question. And so when they ask us, and because we've prepared, we can answer. And I say, speak for yourself. I actually encourage us to use I and me statements because we don't want to tell our coworkers how they have to live. We don't want to judge their current lifestyle. We're not trying to win an argument about who's going to heaven and who's not. What we're trying to do instead is just tell them why we're different. And why we follow Jesus. And that brings him into the conversation. And they can associate our following Jesus with our living differently. Mm. And then the rest of this is up to the Holy Spirit in them. And and it was all initiated by them. 1 Peter 3.15 is the one that says we are to give this explanation to anyone who asks. Mm. And so one of the things we challenge ourselves with, can I just do this silently without any credit until someone asks. Because I right now it won't it won't get me in trouble. I won't get run out of my job or anything like that. I'm not proselytizing or trying to convert people. I'm just simply living differently.
1: Yeah. And you know what's interesting when you say that, when you start to do that regularly and and often silently and people around your immediate circle at work or even if if you're the boss, well, guess what? You're able to, you know, to create the values and the principles and the policies and so forth. But in prayer alone, people can understand the power of prayer, even people who don't realise the real power of prayer. I mean, you know, miracles happen, um, unexplainable things, which can only be, as I said earlier, um, put down to the power of, of the Lord, which, by the way, should follow each and or can follow each and every one of us as His children, if we believe yes. it to be so. It's not just for old biblical times. All of the things that happened in the Bible, guess what, can still happen today. Because guess what, we're still fighting the same enemy that Jesus fought many, many, many years ago. So use all of the weapon uh, weapons to our or at our disposal. But You know, it says, you know, it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. And I've often joked with, because I've got a couple of brothers who were in the ministry, I said, you know, the doom and gloom that we talk about, you know, don't lead with that necessarily. Mm -hmm. You know, in the first few, it's because people don't understand that yet. But the yeah. goodness of God, the, you know, the forgiveness, I mean, how many people don't even believe that they're good enough to even come to church or come to even pray for themselves mm-hmm. because they're so bad. And those are the kind of things that we want to talk about. Is that Nothing that you have done is, is not, not forgivable. You know, everyone, oh, okay. and yeah, but I, I've done this, this and this and this. Mm-hmm. It's all forgivable through the blood of Jesus, you know, Um, and when we we believe it and then it just comes through, there's something that just catches. It's like we ignite that fire, don't we, in Mm -hmm. others, if we have this, this attitude about us, I think. I remember, Mike, years ago I was speaking to someone. We were at a book launch. A few other people were talking, so it was just me and this young woman at a table. We'd spoken for about five or so minutes, and then she leaned across closer. She said, I'm actually a Christian, just a young Christian. And then I just went, oh, wow. And then the conversation changed, and it wasn't until later, and we had a wonderful conversation about faith and the Lord and mm-hmm. how she came to to know Christ. And it wasn't until the next day I thought to myself, I kind of found a little bit of shame because I thought, what was that? What was it that I had to wait for her to say something, but then the conversation just, it was just alive, you know, yes. and, and those are the kind of conversations that we want to to open up the possibility to because, you know, we often say, and I'm sure you do too, too Mike, is that the answer to every problem is Jesus. Correct. To every challenge, it's there, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And why don't we um, start to share that that message of, of good news? Now, you mentioned earlier you're talking about mission in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit more about that.
0: Well, so, yeah, as we call it the marketplace mission trip. Uh, yeah. A number of years ago, I was talking to a pastor, and I was working on one end of town and living on the other end of town. And so we met in the middle. And I was asking him as a business executive what I typically would ask uh, any pastor, how can I help you? I'm trying to help you do your job, but I don't live out there. I mean, I live out there, but I don't work out there. So it's hard for me to help you during the week. But how can I help you? And this day, that pastor and I, he said, well, we really need people to go on this short-term mission trip that's coming up. Because when people go on a mission trip, that's when they get it. And he, I even think he used the air quotes. Mm. And I was struck because I said, well, you know, I drive 30 miles a day to work and I think I already get it. How is that not a mission trip? And we had one of those conversations where the two ends didn't meet that day. Mm. And I don't remember anything else coming from that conversation until a decade later when I was telling a young friend that story. And he said, well, why don't you do a virtual mission trip? And I went, you know, that's not a bad idea, except it's not virtual now. What we do is we challenge people to go to their own workplace for two weeks like they're going on an overseas mission trip. Mm-hmm. We, and When you go on an overseas mission trip, you learn about the culture, you pray for those people, and then you go serve those people in hopes of building a dialogue. What's different than that about our workplaces? And so why don't we study the people that we work with, pray for the people that we work with, and go to those places we work Mm -hmm. for the purpose of serving others and hoping to start a dialogue. Yeah. And we've done 19 of these two-week mission trips now. 450 people have done them. And we get tremendous feedback, people realizing, oh, I can do this. Mm-hmm. I can melt, integrate my faith in my work on a daily basis. And that's the backbone of our online community. We invite people to take the Marketplace Mission Trip and then hang around in our online community where we can connect with people that have the same occupation as us mm-hmm. and keep it going. We want to keep our ministry, our Marketplace ministry going. Fantastic. And the mission trip is our way of jump that. My pastor was right. When you go on a mission trip, you get it. You just don't have to go overseas to go on a mission trip.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's right at your front door, isn't it? Exactly. Uh, front door or front door of your business, your work. Um, even in the supermarket, you just don't know who... Um, whose path the Lord has intentionally put you in front of and you know sometimes it can just be prayer can't it that mm-hmm. you can move something in the in in the spirit if you will that can start to make a difference and you know i've I've heard various pastors and people talk about that sometimes the Lord is waiting for prayer, his mm-hmm. children to pray. We don't realise often the significance and the power of prayer. I think sometimes I have to remind myself when we're brought up or we live with it constantly, we take for granted what we have, you know, at store and that others may not know that. So let's cover them with prayer. Let's pray for them and um, see the Lord. Expect yes. it because it will. It will happen. It will happen. Often in ways, you know, it's almost like I often joke, you know, when we pray for patience, you know there's going to be a lot of waiting in your future, <laughs> you know,
0: isn't it? Yes, is. the
1: It's like going to the gym. We could all pray for the Lord, to, you know, for the six-pack. Uh, who knows what you'd been praying for, you know, months before that. And you said, well, it was an answered prayer when your co-workers, there was two and one. Mm-hmm. I crossed two of your prayers off in one bike, you know. Exactly. We, we laugh a little bit about that. But often, um, yeah, I think the Lord certainly has a sense of humor in some instances too, doesn't he?
0: Yes, he does. Um, the, it's just, it's really cool because the only thing that changes on our Marketplace mission trips yeah. is our own perspective and our own degree of attention that we're paying to what Jesus is doing. He's working yeah. in our workplaces before we start the mission trip or after it's over. Yeah. He was working there before we ever thought about it. And so the only thing that's different is my being looking on the lookout for what he's doing.
1: Yeah, exactly. And wouldn't we want to be? You know, mm-hmm. it's like your plans with me, Lord. If there's anything that we can do, open our eyes and our ears and our mouth. And guess what? If we don't know the words, guess what? Ask the Holy Spirit. Give me mm-hmm. your words. You know, just, uh, open. He, uh, you know, if you've got a willing yeah. mouth and you you'd open it for him, those words will come. Like Moses, you know, Lord, you want me to go talk to Because f- 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 wasn't he a stutterer? Pharaoh. I mean, you know, often the Lord uses us even if we don't think that we're ready. Well, guess what? That's when you're ready because that's when He's able to uh, to work with you and, exactly. Yeah, in you and through you. And of course, exactly. for you, Mike, uh, I've loved today's conversation. Thank you so much. Share a little bit more how people can reach out, how they can find out more about your growing community, the Follower of One. Share, share more.
0: Certainly. So you can find us at followerofone.org and one is spelled out. So followerofone.org. And I'm Mike at followerofone.org. I'm Mike Henry SR on just about every social media platform, for Mike Henry Sr. And uh, our we have an online community at, is at one.org. You create a profile there and you can take a mission trip. There's no charge for any of this. We ask people who have been blessed by it to consider making a regular payment going forward, a regular donation in a small amount, just to keep this on their records and to remind themselves that they're a marketplace minister. And then to pay so that the next person can take it for free.
1: Yeah, fantastic! That's wonderful, Mike. Thank you so much once again. Um, one of the things I love to do on this show is just to finish with a word of prayer. May I do yeah. that today? Oh, Please. Right, let's Father God, thank you so much for the opportunity to talk with Mike today and to hear more about how he is in his own work, um, realising that our ministry really is the marketplace. If that is where you've placed us, that is our mission field, that that is our ministry. Thank you so much for the work that he continues to do uh, in that space and with his community of Follow of One. We continue to bless those who are as part of that community, that as they continue to go on the mission trip, We know, Lord, that you will be following them. You will be doing miraculous things in the lives of the people that are hearing, maybe even for the first time and seeing and experiencing who you are. Uh, Father God, we just want to pray for the people who... Uh, listening to the show, who uh, may be viewing the show, and maybe who have not uh, got a personal relationship yet with Jesus. Father, um, especially with everything that's going on in the world today, the uncertainty, the unknown, uh, the, all of the things. Father, we know that there is absolute certainty in our future when it is in Jesus. We are absolutely certain of what our future hold, and it is uh, one of uh, just amazing, amazing uh, everything that that is promised as we know is in the Bible. And so we just pray for those people. We pray that uh, their eyes will be open, their ears will be um, will be able to hear and that they will be able to see, Lord, who yeah. you are. And that, uh, you know, that no matter what they have done in their past, it is the death of Jesus, the resurrection, the blood of Christ that has Forgiven, They are forgiven and the invitation is open that they too can become followers of Jesus and that no matter what is happening in the world, they will be okay, Lord, as we all are. And we know that without a shadow of a doubt, that is certainty in that. that. And we thank you for that certainty that only comes in and through Jesus. Father, thank you so very much again uh, for the platforms that we have. We can use virtual platforms, Lord, to go into different countries countries just by sharing our story. And as Mike was saying today, the people that may be listening or watching and saying, I don't have a story. We all have a story, Lord. Let them find what that story is so that they can continue to share that uh, with others and and show and be the light and the salt and light uh, in 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 a dark, dark world. Father, we thank you. We love you. And we ask this all in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank, Thank you. Much. This is the kind of thing that we can do. We can use this platform to share yes. and we don't need to, we just share the story and we allow the Lord to take this where he needs it to go. And um, what a wonderful way that we can partner with the Lord. And we can speak to one another. I've not, not yes. met you. We may never meet you. I may never meet you on this side of heaven. But uh, we, if not, we can t- continue the conversation uh, on the other side, uh, yes. I'm sure. When, it's cool. Uh, so thanks once again for coming on. The show. Thank you
0: very much. I'm grateful. This podcast is brought to you by the theinfluencealliance.com. Want to influence real change with your message by becoming known as a trusted authority in your industry while building a sustainable and scalable business you love? Find out how by accessing our free podcast series at www.theinfluencealliance.com forward slash podcast series. That's theinfluencealliance.com forward slash podcast series.